Parenting Your Child in Recovery, the podcast that speaks the truth about your child's recovery. Relapse is not normal. Phony success rates can't define where your family wants to be in 5, 10, or 15 years from now. And most importantly, your child is not an addict. From 9 to 5, been biting my tongue for all this time, won't let anyone cut me short. I was thinking this was the way to go, and you put up your puppet show. I say cheers to life, no one be no good This is Rich Jones with Essential Change, the podcast, and today I want to give you an audio version of an episode of The Soapbox that I did with Shalia Smith. She's the author of the Red Cup Diaries Coaching and Recovery Support, and we're going to pack this thing and pack these show notes with everything about her. But right now, I just want to get on to the interview and give you a taste and introduce you to Shalia Smith. Thank you. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Richard Jones, and welcome to The Soapbox. Uh, this is the place where people who work in helping recovery can come in and get up on their soapbox and tell me how they feel and what's important to them. Today, my guest, a special guest, is Shalia Smith. She's the author of the Red Cups Diary blog, uh, Coaching Recovery Support. Uh, she's an addiction support advocate, and she's also a sales and marketing specialist. So, Maybe she'll drop a little knowledge on us. Anything could happen. So thank you, Shalia. Thanks for being with me. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> great, great. Shalia, I'd like to open up by giving you a chance to just give me that, that Cliff Notes version of who and what Shalia is. Give, let us have a taste of who you are. <laughs> um, well, I'm really not sure what to say. I'm a giant nerd. I love okay. to read. I love all things educational. I love, um, in fact, I, it was really hard for me to graduate because I wanted to stay and keep learning. So I got a couple of degrees. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I like to make people laugh. And I think the most important thing to know about me is one of the reasons I'm here is I have a really unique way of getting people to open up when they really, they, they're not wanting to, they're blocked. Right. And, um, I think that's like a really unique gift that I have. So, okay, just <laughs> glad to have you. Um, what is your relationship to recovery? Um, that has been an uh, so a uh, long history of family addiction. My grandfather passed away from um, pills and alcohol. Okay. Um, my mother. My father, all of them suffered from addiction, and it was very difficult for me. I left home at 15, and I struggled for a long time, got myself through college, and dealt with my own addiction, and I felt like everybody just sort of gave up, and I couldn't find the the support and the recovery that I was looking for that stayed there and actually didn't feel like they were trying to all give me like something like they were doing some grand gesture. I wanted them to understand where I was coming from and be supportive. And it was really tough for me to find that. So I decided I wanted to become that. (laughs) Okay, great. Great. Very good. Okay. Before we go on, there's always time for a commercial. (laughs) 
this is brought to you by Second Stars. That's number two, N-D-S-T-A-R-T-S dot com. Helping complete family and support networks of young adults in recovery by installing a permanent self-refueling transformation that works and enhances your evidence-based treatments, strengthening relationships between the client, the support network, and the helping professionals. And we're also let everybody know we have some notes on this show and maybe some extra tidbits. You can find them on the YouTube channel, Second Starts, and you can always find me on LinkedIn, and we have some extra stuff there. So, Sheila, we're going to get right to it because it's time for me to put you up on the soapbox. Okay. 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 Um, the first item I want to touch on is, is something you talked about. Everyone should have the chance to recover regardless of status. Tell me how you're feeling about that. What, what do you mean? Okay. Well, that happens. Um, well, like I said, um, I felt judged and put looked down on because we were right. very poor. I came from a very, very Southern family that was very poor. Most of them never went past the fifth grade. I was the first person to graduate college. So, um, I, I felt like I didn't have the same access to support and care. And also when I've worked with my clients in behavioral health, a lot of them will tell me that they feel like the system overlooks them if they don't fit into the mold or they don't have money or they have a certain, um, skin color or certain uh, something about them, they feel like they're overlooked and they feel like they don't have access to the amount of care that other people would. So they sort of just give up. And I hate seeing that because um, I think recovery in itself should be free to everybody. Right. Because it's, it's not really something that goes away without help. And it's a really tough disease to get through and battle. Okay, yeah. Um, another thing I want you to get up on the box about and tell me, your theory about how recovery is ongoing, how do you think about that? How do you frame that for us? <laughs> well, yeah. um, you know, we work in this field because it's a struggle, and you can go to meetings, you can do all online meetings, you can go to NAAA, um, you can be a part of groups and support. But if something triggers you, if you have a bad day or you've got so much emotions that you can't, you you just can't Mm -hmm. deal with them. You think your mind goes back to Mm -hmm. let me use because that'll make me feel better. And, um, as people will say, I've been sober for eight years or I've been clean for eight years. And I say, I'm still in recovery, even if it's been 15 years, because, you don't know what can happen. And if I let go of my support system, it could all fall apart. So right. it's an ongoing process. And I think that's very true for a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Hey, tell us about, tell me about, because I want to hear more about this anyway. Your, 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 your technique that you use for, with behavioral change. What, what okay. do you do with that? Tell me about that. <laughs> well, my favorite thing that I did <laughs> was working with, um, families who were struggling transition but the families generally were in recovery are trying to be addiction free and I was there to support their children and them through the process and we started doing some activities where the parents would do spend time with their kids doing whatever activity we decided to do um, whenever they had this urge to use Instead of using, 
they would change their mind to a positive uh, tool, a positive practice. And every time they had that thought process, mm-hmm. it was almost instant that, oh, this is what I do instead. It's um, proven that after three days, something can become a habit. After okay. seven days, it's stuck. Well, with recovery, you're changing neurons and neural pathways. Right. So behavioral, it's cognitive behavioral therapy. It's just you have to keep repeating the same processes. And you have to tell your mind, this is what I do instead of this. This is positive. This is good. And every day you do that same step. It's ritualistic almost. And uh, it actually does have evidence of working. People okay. find that they have less cravings after doing the activities that we focus on, whether it's family time, beach time stuff, or just if I say journal, uh, journal about what you want to do, journal about your using, journal mm-hmm. about why that would be bad for you to use right now, journal about something that is positive and continue to do that. And that leads to the behavior change. Okay. All right. Uh, last <laughs> item on the box. <coughs> Let's talk about, talk to me about accountability. Talk to me about how you feel about accountability and where you think its use is in, in this recovery thing. Well, um, accountability for me, especially in my, my uh, field, when I work with people who come to me for care or support, I tell them, I am going to hold you accountable for what you tell me you're going to do. I'm I'm your accountability partner, not just your recovery support person. But I'm holding you accountable. And that's key, too, because if you know that someone is going to check on you, they're going to hold you accountable to what you said, what you made promises for, you're going to think a little bit harder about how is that person going to feel? Do I want to displease them or do I want to break that relationship barrier? So add uh, having a partner that holds you accountable and make sure you stick to your goals, your plans and stuff, I think is another <clears throat> specific and probably one of two of those tools that's really great at keeping people on track in recovery I mean, as long as we're holding, I'm calling and going, did you do your affirmations today? Right. Did you write in your journal? Did you have thoughts of using? Did you redirect yourself? And that's my accountability part. And then um, if they do have relapses, that's not a bad thing. That's a mistake. And they've right. learned from it. And what they have to be accountable for is admitting that they've learned and that they made a mistake and admit to try again. Okay. So it's cyclical. I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw something else on you here. Okay. I need you to explain to me, because I, I found this interesting. <laughs> what, is, what is your role as an economic justice advocate? Okay. <laughs> so I actually got started early in my career in domestic violence, um, abuse shelters, and I was... Um, noticing that the women that came in are not just women, sorry, sorry, mm-hmm. victims, because there were men too, right. but the victims that came in had similar traits. They were usually addicted to whatever made them feel better about being abused. And they also had no um, independent 
nature as to how to take care of themselves, their families. Most of them didn't have their own checking accounts. Most of them didn't know how to, they didn't know what the rent was. They didn't know how to pay bills. They didn't, they were lost. So my role was to teach them how to become financially independent baby steps. I mean, we went through uh, writing a check, balancing your checkbook. We went through um, checking your credit. I would sit down with them and do financial classes and, and we would check their financial health. I would show them how to become more um, financially aware and to take charge of their finances and their okay. economic status in life. Okay. Very good. I, I like that. <laughs> that's very, that's crucial for most people between that yes. and between that and literacy. I find are two things that are really sticking points to even any type of recovery. They really are. Uh, Listen, I want you to tell me about some projects and some things that you've got going because they're very interesting. Start off to me, and I find this interesting. I I started off by saying you were the author of the Red Cup Diaries blog. Tell me about that. that, I find that very interesting what you're doing there. So about, I'd say uh, five years ago, I'm trying to remember the dates. Um, No, 10, sorry. I started writing, and it really, I did it in therapy. It really helped me. And I was able to get out a lot of stuff. And this blog was how I did it. I just started writing. I didn't actually put it out there for anybody to read at first. Um, My mother and I have that we would sit outside in the mornings with and we would drink coffee and talk about the world's problems and how we could solve them if we had this. And it was our little running joke that uh, we were the Red Cup Diaries because we had our red cup of coffee and we had our little chats that we felt like we could solve the world's problems. So when I started my blogging, I said, that's the perfect title. That's what I'm going to call it. And then of course it sort of went into my business. And now that website has actually become my um, business tool. So people can read my blogs, which I put in a lot of really good, helpful information about how yes, to stay I, active. I noticed that. That's what caught my eye. <laughs> yeah. Mental health is a really big deal for me. I'm such an advocate for people to make sure that they just, some people are either embarrassed. They really don't think it's beneficial for them or they just don't have access. They don't know. And I'm always trying to tell them that's the first step because usually if somebody's using, there's an underlying problem that they're trying to hide from. So I talk about that a lot in my blog. And uh, if people need my services or they're looking for extra support, they can go to our other pages and find that. And we actually have a group on there, too, for recovery. And it's a private group, so you do have to ask to be let in. So that's where that is. Okay. Um, What else do you got going? I see a building mom. What's that about? Um. So I've actually got a couple of things going on, but that's a big deal for this area where I am that I've noticed a lot of moms or a lot of younger moms, actually, I should say, seem to have the same mindset. They're low confidence, low self-esteem. They have no self-awareness and they're not taking care of themselves. Uh, Most of them drink every day. And they're just struggling and they don't know how to build themselves up. So I thought what would be really fun 
is um, to get a group of these particular types of women moms together. And we just sort of build each other up. So maybe one activity would be where everybody comes in and you look, you can look around or you can just think about something and you're going to write a comment that is nice and uplifting about another person. You're not going to put your name on it. You're just going to put it down on a piece of paper. We're going to throw it in a hat and then we're going to take them out and everybody gets to read them out loud. Um, Stuff like that, because the first thing about it is women need to support each other. And I think the most important thing that we can do is just say, Hey, you're worth, right. you're worth it. You're beautiful just the way you are. And if you need me, I'm here. So that's what it would be. It's something just to hold them and give them support and build them up as moms. Okay. okay. Very, very nice. Uh, what else? What else? Tell me, I know you've got more than a couple of projects because I know you're I very do busy. actually. Tell, um, tell I, I volunteer also. Um, there is a shelter here. Like I, there's two shelters here. Um, one is called the Samaritan Ministries. I don't know if you know the Samaritan in the Bible and stuff, but. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, so the Samaritan Ministries is um, a really great place for women and children who are in transition, struggling with homelessness, whatever, recovery. Um, we run groups at the house itself for the ladies, and they can bring their children. Um, we have a thrift store called Alpha Pregnancy Care Center Thrift Store for young ladies who are need, in need. Um, so we have that, and that's in Palm Coast. Anybody can, if you look on my website, you can find that information. We love to have volunteers. We need so many volunteers and donations, especially okay. baby stuff. Um, but another project that I'm doing is my podcast. Um, I, that's been a project for a while. And it was tough to get going. But now that I'm uh, used to getting up there and talking and thinking about my points and what I'm going to say, it's been kind of fun. Um, It's called uh, Coaching Talks. But really, we focus just on um, how you can create the devil's working on us today. (laughs) Let's keep working. We're okay. Keep talking. (laughs) This is actually quite, this is amusing. I I talk about how you can keep yourself thinking positive throughout the day when you have situations that happen. Yes. You just got to say. Fight through it. Yeah. Fight through it. (laughs) So, Um, again, we we, we move again. (laughs) Okay. So, I actually also uh, introduced a client that I was working with. And um, we talked about how he had been using the tools that I um, provided on the show, positive manifestation, positive thinking and stuff. And that led him to get back into his DJing and music career because he was stalled. He didn't know where to go. He was sort of just everything was against him. He felt the world was against him. And I seriously, I said, look, six months, just give me six months. Do these tricks. Go home and every day, start your day this way. Okay. And I promise you can think success into your life. You really can. Because when you think better, you're going to put that energy out there and you're going to draw the right people to you. And also you'll be able to handle things a lot better. Yeah. So I try to focus on stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Right. Now tell me about this app. I'm very interested. <laughs> I have been so struggling. Uh, well, not struggling, but 
um, in my recovery and still, like I said, ongoing, I still to this day use um, online apps okay. uh, for coaching, recovery. There's so many out there. And a few of my favorite have been like by my side. Fabulous. Okay. It's a coaching app. Um, the recovery and sober chat app. They're really good. But um, they're all kind of, they're not fun. They're not engaging. Um, so what I thought would be really great is to do a mix of um, an app that's sort of like a mentor. Right. And a your AI friend, your AI buddy that's always there. <laughs> and uh, people can jump on. Um, I'm going to provide... Uh, different insights to like I have somebody that wants to start their own business. They don't know where to start. They don't know what the first thing is that they need to do. They don't understand the steps, the legalities or any of that stuff like that. And it's hard when you're focusing on recovery to worry about other stuff too. So this is where the app would come in. It's your buddy. You're going to tell it what you want to focus on and it's going to give you um, helpful tips. It's going to help you think through the process, it's almost like it's a coach and they're going to be like, so how have you thought about this? What obstacles are in your way preventing you from doing this? Okay. And so, yeah, it's, it's in a, I I was going to call it the, uh, biz buddy, but I don't kind I don't know if I like that name anymore. So throw it out there. Cool. Yeah. Keep me, keep me posted on how we're going with that. Okay. I want to know. Um, this part of the show is the silly part. And I was laughing about this because I like to ask a couple silly questions. And the first question, first question I always ask is what's your favorite color? And I laughed about myself after I asked someone, the the author of the blog of the red cup diaries, what is her favorite color? (laughs) Oh yeah. Can can you even guess? (laughs) Yeah, I know. So, and, and usually the only one I even comment on my mind is that one, because I like to look it up and see what it says. And it says, bold and boisterous and full of energy. <laughs> That's so definitely spont- me. Spontaneous, passionate, and ambitious. So Nice. My, I like my, that. Right. So my short time with you, I can tell that that is absolutely true. Thank you. <laughs> and next one, and this is one, these are the ones I try not to remember because I want to ask all over again. What's your okay. favorite movie? Okay, so <laughs> The Princess Bride. Okay. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's always been a favorite of mine from childhood up. It's like a fantasy, but it's funny. Okay. And I get so tickled watching that movie, especially when Inigo Montoya keeps going, ah, you killed my father, prepare to die. And he keeps um, going Bride. after the older guy. I'm trying to remember The Princess Bride. Was that like Andre the Giant or something? Or Yes, okay. yes, okay. yes. All right. Yes. Okay. All right. Tell that me about you. Tell me about your favorite food. What do you like? <laughs> food? No, I'm just kidding. Um, everybody teases me because they're going to tell you Mexican because uh-huh. I do go to a lot of Mexican restaurants because okay. I love chips and salsa. But I actually have to say my favorite food is Italian, specifically. Um, there's this place that I come from in Georgia mm-hmm. and it's called Venucci's and they make this uh, Cajun and Dewey 
shrimp, sausage um, with tarragon butter, pasta that is so mouthwatering. Okay. And it's like as big as your head. And that is so good. And I love that. I love, I love pasta. I love fresh semolina bread. I'm a girl who likes to eat. Okay. Listen, <laughs> this one I had on here, and I'm going to put you on the spot with this one because I didn't write it down. So you put on there, which is interesting. I never had anybody say it to me, their favorite quote. Yes. Tell me. Okay. So my favorite quote, and I, I, I love quotes, especially if there's a meaning that I can take out of it and use. I do this thing on Mondays where I do uh, Monday manifestation quotes, and mm-hmm. I just post different quotes and give my thoughts about it. So my favorite quote I found while I was working with uh, special needs children, and it was just sort of sitting on my desk. I took over the lady's desk, and she had a sticky note, and it was sitting right in the middle of the computer. And it said, every situation I find myself in is a direct result of a choice that I made. If I want a different result, I have to make a different choice. And I thought, wow, that was so simple, but profound. Right. Like, it's just, it's simply because I, at the time, was working with a lot of clients. Everything is everybody else's fault. Um, We don't take ownership of things. But we all have to remember, and so I use that quote a lot. I tell people, think about it. Everything that you do is some choice that you made. So if you don't like how it turned out, go back and think about that choice and make a different one. Okay. I like it. Uh, <laughs> end the day by saying one more thing. Brought to you by starts.com, number two, N-D-S-T-A-R-T-S.com. Helping the complete family and support networks of young adults in recovery by installing a permanent self-refueling transformation that works with and enhances your evidence-based treatments, strengthening relationships between the client, the support network, and the helping professionals. Shalia, I want to thank you so much for this. And as, as ugly as it was, it was fun. And I'm going to redo it, fix it up, and somehow get it out there. It was the last thing I do. Well, so I want to thank you so much. I want to thank you so much for um, being with me and helping me do this. So everyone... To the next episode of The Soapbox. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Parenting Your Child in Recovery, a podcast for the families of young adults in recovery. For more information, go to secondstarts.com. That's the number 2-N-D-S-T-A-R-T-S dot com. And our Facebook group, Parenting Your Child in Recovery. And if you or someone you know loves a young adult in recovery and want a customized premium change to recovery without the guilt and shame of most recovery processes, please go again to secondstarts.com, the number 2ndstarts.com, and book a free call. Thank you. Last night, what I do
remembers that it was real, real nice. Talks about me.